I'm Tommy Thompson, and you're listening to Space for Life, a podcast with honest conversations designed to help cultivate the space we need for a more fulfilling and abundant life. Despite our culture being wired for excess and overload, our souls desperately need the opposite. Thanks for joining us today as we seek to take one more step into a spacious life. Hi, everyone. I'm Patricia Clark, and I'm here with Tommy Thompson back again. We haven't podcasted a lot this summer, but I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to it. It's good to be back together. I can't believe the summer is ending. It will probably, by the time this airs, it will have officially ended, which is always a sad, sad time for me. Yeah, so we're recording this right as uh, kids are about to go back to school and vacations are ending. And the topic, I think, is great because, well, this topic is really good anytime. Um, This topic is about stress, but it's particularly good during a time of transitions. And I've learned that, in general, transitions do bring about stress just because we as humans adapt to our environment and we have to readapt to a new schedule and a new environment. So for today, we are talking about stress as a barometer of health. Where are we going with this? Well, I, I think this is such an absolutely critical topic. And uh, I can't really think, it almost feels like it's just a combination of things that that I've observed over the last months to where uh, I feel like stress has become epidemic in our society. Uh, it's become, in a sense, so epidemic that we, while we recognize its presence, uh, it feels like people operate as if, yes, I'm stressed, you're stressed, everybody's stressed, and there's not a thing in the world we can do about it. And so, People live with this, sometimes without even pushing back against it. And that's where this this concept of stress as a barometer of health, and I had to kind of look up the word barometer, make sure I was using the, the right term, but a barometer is a scientific instrument that's used to measure air pressure in a certain environment. So I think about uh, barometer that it, it's measuring pressure. And I do think in my own life uh, that when I take that bar- barometric pressure and I pay attention to it, it has a lot to do with my overall sense of healthiness at a particular time. And so I'm not one who buys into stress is inevitable for people. And so that's why I think this is absolutely such a critical topic because really, really good people who are trying to make a difference in the world and trying to do their very best are often just being overwhelmed with stress. And it's, it's, ruining the joy that I think is meant to happen in life. Why do you think this is the way it is? I mean, it hasn't always been this way. Why is stress such an epidemic? I mean, you don't really meet anybody nowadays, even children and adolescents, 
that aren't under a cert, uh, an amount of duress that's borderline dangerous. I mean, it, it's it's almost like a health crisis. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. And I mean, if I were to, I'm just guessing, you know, uh, pontificating on this, but I think part of it is uh, a little bit of the American dream gone south. That, you know, part of the American dream has created this uh, hyper-drivenness that we've come to believe is part of the American dream and is good. And so we have a drivenness about purpose. We have a drivenness about accomplishment. We have a drivenness about our kids being all they can be. And that drivenness that that we've glorified in a lot of ways, what comes along with it is stress. And so uh, the very way we live our lives and the very things that we value and the things that we've said are part of the best are absolutely undercutting us. Yeah. You know, I heard a sermon one time by our friend David Dwight about the mirage on a desert and how you just, you know, if you imagine yourself struggling on a desert to get to this place of water and you just fight and fight to get there. And then when you get to that horizon line, you realize it's not there. And there's a little bit of that happening, I think, in society where we're in this race to nowhere. We're, we're, I don't even know what we're racing to get. But when you get there, it sort of dissolves in your hand. You don't know what you were going for in the first place. Boy, it, that's such a good image. And, and the, the kind of complimentary one is, is that we're climbing a ladder that's up against the wrong wall. Mm. And what, what, what I find and I'm beginning to see more as I'm entering and getting well into the 60s, is that it's often that stage of life that we realize that all of the stress and all the drivenness didn't serve us well. Mm. You know, as things begin to slow down, as we begin to reprioritize and think about what's important and valuable, which most often turns us to people, we begin to realize that that stress and that drivenness is a mirage or a ladder up against the wrong wall. Yeah, and I, I do think, um, I, I don't know if that's the kind of thing you can discover without first climbing the ladder and realizing it's on the long, wrong wall or first arriving at the horizon line and realizing it was a mirage. Uh, but there certainly is some wisdom, I think, from learning from people who've walked that path before. And, you know, we have to learn it ourselves in our own lives. But this this whole pandemic has been a little bit of a reckoning where we get to see how we're living our lives. We get to see where they're going. And we do always have a choice to scale back, to reflect, to recalibrate. And I think that's some of what you want to talk about today is how to do that, how to stop and take a moment to look at the barometer, the pressure, the amount you have of, of stress in your life. And, it, you know, when we talked about stress, I don't remember how long ago it was. It was five. We talked about five tips for dealing with stress. And I, I gave the bridge analogy about how stress is originally an engineering concept about how much weight a bridge can hold, how much stress. So stress was a good thing because it had a function. And one of the things you do is you talk about 
outward work and inward right. work. And today we're going to talk about inward work, the things that we, habits, inward habits that we are creating that are allowing more stress in our life. And then there's outward work where you recognize the outward things that are adding stress that you can choose to get rid of. Right. Yeah. And and I think both, I, I found in my own life, both are important. I have to have certain practices in my life, habits and systems that are going to be uh, moving me in a right direction. But then I, that's kind of that outer work. And then I have to have that inner, deeper work that allows me to frame. And that's why I actually love doing kind of two different kinds of podcasts. One where we delve more deeply into the mindsets and the heart uh, in various topics. And the other that is like really practical, like next week's topic, 30 minutes to your best week. You know, it sounds like your typical <laughs> personal productivity type of thing, but they both go hand in hand to helping us. And one of the things I love that I've seen in the New Testament that I think is a genius that that Jesus talked about, is he said, do and then you'll know. And we want to say, well, let me know first. And when I become convinced, then I'll do. And what I've learned, and this stress topic is a perfect example of it, that we have to begin doing differently. And as we do differently, we'll become convinced, maybe for the first time, that stress is not inevitable, hmm. that we do have a choice, an alternative to living a perpetually stressed life. Well, it reminds me of something that Jesus did not say, fake it till you make it. You know, yeah. sometimes you yeah. have to get out there and do what you know is the habits or the rituals that bring about health until the health comes. Yes, exactly. So, so well, let's get started. Do you want to review what the, your five tips for dealing with stress were first? Yeah, I think these are almost more like little tips, hacks uh, that that I've practiced that I think uh, can help in dealing with stress. So the first one, we're not going to spend much time with this at all, but the first one was try to identify the culprit. That is the culprit of the stress. Name it and attack it. The second was double down on your morning routine. When you're in a particularly stressful time, if you double the time you take in quiet in the morning, it helps balance that extra stressful period that you're going through. Uh, the third is include breathing exercises, simply realizing that with stress comes shallow breathing, uh, include breathing exercises. The fourth is create a mini getaway, whether that's in the middle of your day or week or month. And the Sabbath is God's mini getaway. So creating those getaways, again, to balance the stress in a life. And the fifth one we talk about plenty and people probably get tired of, but we all have to work on it, is minimize distractions, you know, of which our, our smartphones are one of those. I know. So hard. So hard. Yes. Okay. Well, that's great. That's a great review. So what are uh, we going to, what are the stress tips you're going to talk about today? So uh, we're, we're going to have five of them and, um, and we'll put these in the show notes so that you, you can 
think about them a little bit more deeply. But the first one, I think, is just a real simple one, and it's one that uh, I found is useful myself, you know, in terms of dealing with stress, and that's take a step back. Take a step back. And when I take a step back related to stress, I ask myself very uh, precisely the question, why am I so stressed? So I've found on numerous mornings, you know, over the last couple months that I come down for my morning time and I realize I can I can just feel myself on edge, edged, you know, something just not quite right. And rather than kind of just continuing forward and kind of ignoring it, I stop for a minute. And I ask myself the question, why am I so stressed? And usually I'll journal just briefly about that. And usually if I stop and I ask myself that question, it may be something that's not so obvious that is is digging underneath the surface, kind of eroding underneath the surface. And it has me nervous, anxious, a little bit stressful. And if I didn't stop and ask that question, I wouldn't really realize what's gnawing at me. So I find that that question is uh, very helpful. On, On many of those occasions, what I come to realize is that there's nothing going on in my life at that moment that is worthy of the stress that I'm feeling. And even that's helpful. It's helpful to realize that for many of us, we've simply made a habit of stress. You know, we'll create stress if we don't feel it because we feel like we're not really alive or doing everything that we should be doing if we're not stressed. So the question I find taking that step back and asking the question, why am I stressed, is very helpful kind of as a first step towards dealing with stress. You know, in ancient cultures, there was this thing where if you named something, like named a person or named an entity, it was believed that you had power over it. And the the act of naming the stress in a weird way, separates it from being inside you and gives you a a bit of power over it. For example, if you're feeling angry, but you don't even know you're feeling angry, or you're feeling anxious and you don't even know it, it's just a feeling in your chest or in your head. If you take what you say, this first step, take a step back and ask, why am I stressed? And you name it and you name why you're angry or why you're anxious and you hold it out and recognize that you are not it. Yes. I mean, no. that that alone, it's a, it's a bit of a mindfulness hack. I know a lot of mindfulness teachers who talk about this, but, you know, if you identify the source of your stress, you know, maybe you're upset because you ate too much, or maybe you were angry, or maybe there's a situation. If you hold that out and name it and realize that I am not overeating, or I am not anger, or I am not too much, like, I exist outside of that problem, it gives you an identity outside of it, it 
flips the narrative and it gives you a power over it in a different way than when it's just inside of you. Yeah, and and some people could take this to a whole nother level that would be interesting and, and I don't think it's a, a bad idea. And that's to ask themselves this question every day, simply as part of their morning time to, to ask the question, am I stressed? Hmm. And to pay attention to that on a daily basis. That wouldn't be a bad idea, just like you know, gratitude on a daily basis is, is a good idea. So some people could choose to do that. But in some form or another, whether it's periodically when we're feeling the stress, once a week or each day, it's a good question to ask. Well, I love that. That's great. Okay, what do you? Let's see. Number two. What do you have here? Uh, this one, I, I think, is uh, huge related to systemic stress. And when I say systemic stress, I'm talking about that pervasive sense that so many people, so many of us deal with of always feeling stressed. And this is a, a uh, maybe not a simple uh, way, but a clear way of addressing that systemic stress. And it's to stop rushing. You know, we ha- I-, I can't think of anybody I know that is always in a hurry that isn't also always stressed. You know, rush and stress, hurry and stress, they go hand in hand. And I am a huge believer, as anybody who's listened to this podcast or in my book or anything would know, I'm a huge believer in that that speed, that sense of rushing and hurry is completely unnecessary and even unproductive. It doesn't help us get more done. It simply creates a sense of angst in us or stress in us that is totally counterproductive both to to being productive but also to being content and happy and at peace. So some of the things, and you can go back in, in the po- podcast archives to take a look at this, but realizing that that if you're going to deal with stress, you're not going to make but so much progress if you're one of those who is always in a rush. You got to deal with that habit. Yeah. One time, I can't remember when you said this, but you said sometimes when you're feeling stressed, you intentionally slow down. Yes, and I have noticed that because around dinner time, I get wound up. It's a habit, I think, from when my kids were little, where they would be hangry, and I thought, I got to get the dinner on the table, and I'd get rushed and all of that. And it, it's almost like my brain knows, like a Pavlov's dog, you got to get stressed right now. And I have noticed that. And so I've started really cutting the vegetables slowly <laughs> and walking to the cabinet slowly. And it's hilarious, but it it works. It, it does. Just slowing yourself down and, and, and telling myself, hey, you know what? You're fine. You don't have to rush. You know, you don't have toddlers anymore. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that. I mean, it's, it's amazing how it works. I mean, you know, my version of that is slowing down in the car you know, from 
pushing the very envelope of the speed limit or a little bit beyond it to slowing down to right at the speed limit. And I do that, I, I, I try to work really hard to be early, but on those occasions when I'm not, I do that and I've calculated in my mind, you know, that, that five miles an hour or seven miles an hour on a 10 mile drive makes about one minute's difference. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I just have to remind myself of that. And so I, I will intentionally slow down. Yeah, so if, if there's a backup on river, I'll know that you're the one in the front going under the speed limit. Is that what you're telling me? That's right, <laughs> okay. and I'm making everybody else stressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great tip. That's yeah. good. All right, so what do you have for number three? So number three is, again, it, it's it's getting our head around stress, focused towards it. And so number three is to focus on the important, hmm. that uh, often what creates stress is this sense of an overwhelming list of things to do and an overwhelming quantity of things to do. And I know that for many people, that very long list is a reality that is part of their lives. But even for those people, there are only a few things on that list that have an importance level that are going to move the needle. And so one of the things that I've built the habit of is I work very uh, intensely and intentionally by priority. So I've identified on a daily basis and on a weekly basis, what is the most important thing I need to do? Or what are the two or three really important things? And when I'm feeling that stress because I have a ton of things to do, I push really hard back just to the simplicity of what's important. Hmm. And I and I realize generally after the fact, that's all I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I just needed to do the most important things. The other things found a way of taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Either I got to them without feeling stressed or didn't need to get to them or someone else got to them. So I I spend a lot of time focusing when I'm feeling that stress on what's most important, both in the day and what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. So I I can think of uh, this weekend. So I'm getting ready, and we'll talk about this in a second. I'm getting ready to go out of town for 10 days to to lead some various things, which always creates stress because you got to get a million things done, you know, when you're getting out of town. Well, come this Saturday, it helped me immensely with that sense to realize what really matters to me most deeply is the people in my life. And so I stopped and I focused and went, the most important thing I need to do today is I need to go visit my dad. Mm. And all of a sudden, I felt a sense of relief. Okay, I need to do that. And I had one or two other things. And all the other things, they just took care of themselves. Mm. And yet I could do that without just choosing that overwhelming stress that would be typical on, you know, a couple of days before you going out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 
you're very good at prioritizing. I think a lot of us are good at making lists. We know what we have to do, but I struggle with knowing what's important because I'm a little bit like a deer in the headlights sometimes with the massive amount of details. And knowing what's important for me, you said you take a breath and you think about it. I That's where I find that I have to pray. And I do this often, you know, in about 20 seconds in the morning. It's not a long thing, but I do the Anne Lamott prayer, help. I've got too much to do, help. And just kind of releasing it and acknowledging that I feel overwhelmed is a very powerful thing to me to kind of access my higher power, whatever you whatever you call it. I need help with that. And I recognize that's a weakness for me. And I have found that oftentimes when I release it, that God does show me this doesn't need to get done today. And this does. This is what's that's most great. important. And I've just found that some people are really good at knowing that and I'm not, and I need God to show me. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I think along with that, one of the things I've realized, because I do work hard at the prioritizing, but it's it's kind of hard work. But I've also uh, learned to give myself a lot of grace to to do that imperfectly. You know, one of the reasons I think so many people don't prioritize is because they've got this sense that they're going to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. How, how do I, what's one and what's two, you know, mm-hmm. on that list? And am I going to be missing something down there? And what I've come to realize is just going through the act of prioritizing, even if you kind of don't get it exactly right, it's always moving us in the right direction. So I allow myself, I guess, the room to get it wrong when I prioritize because just doing it's going to help. Well, and also you're at the stage where you have carved out and you have the habit to have this long morning routine. And I've had seasons where I've done that in my life, but the last month or so I haven't. I, I've been waking up at the same time my kids do, and I haven't had this long morning routine. But I can still have that help prayer or just even yeah. even when I'm fixing my cup of coffee, I can just think what is the most important thing. And I, I say that just because not everybody has these long mornings and, and can yeah. do all that, but it, it's almost can be a mindset as much as it is a chunk of time where you do this. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So moving through, what what do you have for four? Uh, four is the concept and, and uh, we could define this a lot of different ways, but I, I just use the word to simplify. And when I'm talking about simplifying in this concept, uh, I'm really just talking about when we're feeling stressed, taking a look at everything's out on the plate and figuring out what you can just cut out. Mm-hmm. What isn't absolutely necessary. And that's just always so helpful. So yeah, I'm leading into this big week and uh, and Wheezy was very helpful to me because she knows how much I have to do to get ready, you know, for getting out of town. And so a couple of days ago, she said, you know, this one evening, I think you could just put that back, you know, do that in a few weeks. Why don't you just ask and see if we can go to dinner a little bit later. 
And everything in me was, no, we said we were going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to push through. But I realized that she was just totally right, that it was a simple thing that I could do that would help tremendously with a level of stress. It was something that could wait. Mm -hmm. And so simplifying, deciding those things that we don't have to do with our kids, with our yards, with our thousand things that we have to do, you know, how can we simplify that down? Well, and Steve, my husband's great at this. He is a very decisive person. And in, in most areas, sometimes we all overthink, but I found that overthinking decisions can really bog us down. So the, the art of simplifying sometimes is just making a decision and knowing even if I've made a mistake, it's okay. Yes. And, and not getting bogged down with overthinking. Okay. And what's your last one? The last one, uh, I saved it for last because uh, it's going to maybe step on some toes. But what I've come to see uh, and observe is that in a very sad way to me, uh, often people of faith are dealing with as much stress, are feeling and showing and exemplifying as much stress as people who are not claiming faith at all. And there's something in me as a person for whom my faith is the most important thing in my life that goes, that's, that's wrong. You know, if God is real, which I believe he is, if God is real and if he's personally cares about us, then that makes a huge difference. So, you know, one of the verses in Romans, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Another way almost of saying that, if God is real and he's on our side, what do you have to be stressed about? It means he's going to take care of us. It's going to be okay. It's going to be well. Things might go wrong, but in the big picture, if we believe God is real, then that should make a huge difference. Mm in our stress levels, our stress levels over our kids, over our jobs, over all of the things that are stressful in and of themselves. But God can make a huge difference in that. So I realize in that sense that uh, stress is a barometer of our health. Stress is also kind of a barometer of my spiritual health. Hmm. You know, in that uh, if I'm feeling stress, it's often because I'm trying to live my life as if God's not a part of it, all on my own strength, trying to force it and make it happen. And I realize that part of the beauty of, of a life with God, of walking with God, is knowing that He loves us and He's going to take care of us and that it's going to be okay. And I think that mindset can be the biggest thing that we need to do hmm. is to pay attention to that in our lives as faith is important to us. Yeah, it's almost like I like the word engage, engage your faith, because you have this faith, but yeah. it's not plugged in. Yes, you, know, you haven't yes. plugged it in. Yeah. And engaging your faith to me means living like what you believe is true. Yes. 
you know, living like what you believe is true. And um, my faith, your faith, believes that no matter what, all will be well. And to have that sense permeate in your heart, oftentimes you have to face, have faced the worst. I think you have. And I, some of the people I respect the most are people who have faced that and are facing that. And it gives me great courage for when I face that to know that they, that you have been able to say and see and taste that all will be well. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think that sense, that feeling really does bring a sense of calm and alleviate stress and anxiety. Yeah, I, I have to, didn't intend to, but I have to use this, you know, example of it. I can, I can remember when Perrin was uh, kind of in the middle of her cancer journey, and she wrote an article that appeared in the online version of the uh, Washington Post on her faith. And she said in there, she said at a time right in the center of this horrible battle with cancer, she said, whether I live or die related to this cancer, I believe God is good. And I, and I, and I thought, oh, wow. If she can, if she can believe that, you know, in the worst of life circumstances, then I can believe that too. And I've seen and do believe, not flippantly, that God is good, and He's worthy, and He has me in the palm of His hand. Therefore, I don't need to be stressed. Hmm. Well, that's a great thought to leave us with. So thank you everyone for listening. And we've done some of the inner work today. I'll say that sort of with gentleness, because I know it's hard to do inner work while listening to a podcast. But I'm looking forward to our next episode, because it's Tommy Thompson at his best. I get my free life coaching with 30 <laughs> minutes to your best week. So see you for the next episode. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful and encouraging in your journey. Before you leave, I wanted to let you know of two things. First, if you are looking for more helpful content like this, visit TommyThompson.org. There you will find resources created to help you find space in your life. Second, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would take a minute to leave a review. This helps other people find the show as well.